Tell me how how you been, bro? I've been good, man. How about right. you? Where are you at right now? Uh, I'm in uh, Brenham, small town, same location. Uh, sm- Bre- small town Brenham, 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 Texas. Ah, okay, cool. Yeah, an hour away from Houston. Yeah. Got you ever, it. Yeah, you ever been to Houston? Yeah, man. I just did. Uh, actually, I'm going to be headlining there on the uh, on the fifth or the fourth uh next uh april yeah all right that's that's great the fourth or the anyway i'll figure it out i should know shouldn't i i think it's the fourth or the fifth i'm headlining there all right that's that's great to know hopefully the eight people who watch this uh know (laughs) know what to know what to catch oh you have you have have eight people man almost double digits brah almost double digits yeah how long how long you been doing it Uh, i'm about to i'm about to uh, it's about to be a year next month actually Yeah, cool. uh, you know, it started with, you know, uh, me and my, uh, I got a couple of my friends to do, you know, uh, uh, actually one of my earlier episodes, first big one to like hit over 100 views was I interviewed the fastest kid in Texas, dude who went to school with me. Oh, nice. That's so, cool. Yeah, man. That's how, so that's, that's how this all got started. I really want, I really started this for comedy. So now that I, I are you I, a comic? I, yeah. Uh, tech, no, Dwayne Perkins, uh, the first real comic i had on here uh, he told me uh, you're not a really a comic till till you bomb and i've bombed i've already bombed so i guess <laughs> i'm in the game so yeah yeah you're not really like, a comic till you get paid i mean you've been paid yet uh hell no nah. once you get paid nah. to bomb that's when you're a real comic you get paid and you still bomb then you're a real comic so open micers don't count at that point, was that just a hobby at that at that stage? Well, I mean, look, it, it, it's not that much of a benchmark, but like if you're a professional comic, you get paid. That's what professional means. You get paid. Like people are like, I'm an actor and they're just taking classes. I'm not, I'm not look, everyone's open mic at some point. I'm not, I'm not saying anything bad about it. I'm just saying like, you know, if you're getting into comedy, you can get that first paycheck and then you're going to feel it. And you'd be like, now nah, I'm a fucking comic. What about, what about amateurism? I mean, that that's technically... No, they're, they're, they're doing comedy, but are they, if, if, if someone says to me, if they've only, if they've never been paid to do comedy before and they go, what do you do? And they go, I'm a comic. I don't know, man. It's like, are I mean, you if, I mean, I hopefully <laughs> like, like I said, I started this podcast to like, uh, to do comedy because, uh, since I started, since COVID started and, uh, COVID came. Like right at like a month before I started this podcast, and I started because you know I, w- I was ready to start hitting the stage. I turn I, I'm like I'm 18 years old. Uh, let's see where I could where I could uh, do open mics to 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 really now now I could get this started. And as soon as everything shut down, you know, so I decided you know, uh, cool man, let's do this. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like it. Yeah, and before we and before we get started, I want to apologize to like all the like I'm not good at this. To be honest with you, I'm not good at it. I want to apologize to like all the all the all my guests because one one issue I have is that um you know this podcast used to be half an hour. It used to be just be half an hour. Uh, it graduates yeah. to like an hour because I realized we got we like you know we could get more we have more to talk about. But yeah, uh, when I I I review the episodes and like I I'm, I'm starting to cringe because I'm realizing I'm talking too much. I'm not letting. <laughs> 
like I want to apologize to uh uh to Don Brody who I had the last episode to Dwayne Perkins to to uh, every, every uh to Brad Upton I, I, everyone I had before because you know I just have this fear of not not filling in the hour I have this fear of dead silence so yeah that, that, so you know knee jerk yeah, yeah. just yeah just to keep talking I hear you man usually yeah I mean Look, you're you're learning. You're, you're still doing it. I get that. I do a podcast myself, and I and I, sometimes there are people you have to you have to talk a lot. You listen to Joe Rogan. I mean, he's at the top of the game. He'll have some like Elon Musk on, and he talks nonstop because Elon Musk has Aspergers and barely talks, so he has to keep fucking firing away. So usually, what you do is just try like you know get the guests just to start blabbing. Yeah. Isn't that yeah. The, the I'm on I'm on the spectrum. I'm on the spectrum as well. So like really and when I see yeah. Sure? I oh How yeah, you, I'm definitely sure. A doctor a doctor diagnosed you as having Asperger's. He, let's say he diagnosed me. Uh let's say let's say uh I was getting vaccines, uh a, a vaccine one time when I was like in my preteens, and uh-huh. uh let's just say I noticed I noticed you're not making uh eye contact when you're when you're speaking with me. Oh well, because because like, if I look at the if I look at the camera of you, it's below the mic. It's below the the video view is below the camera. You hear what I'm saying, bro? Yeah. So I'm not like and looking like, down like I'm the Rain Man. I'm actually looking at a photo. I'm looking at a video of you. Like wait, like you see where I'm looking at right now. I'm looking at my own camera. I'm not looking. I'm not looking at you, and I apologize. Uh, but I'm looking at me because okay, so you I'm. Me really- look, you'd feel more comfortable if I looked at the at the little green dot. That's cool. Yeah, but because I'm looking at me, because not only am I like, uh, I don't like eye contact with people at all. Uh, (laughs) That's just uncomfortable for me. But I'm looking at me because I'm trying to like, yeah, because I realize I have this. uh, Like I start daydream, like I start like living in my own head. That's that's what my mom always says, which is why she's she basically says I'm try to try to get me diagnosed. I refuse to get diagnosed, but she says I live in my own head. And if I do, and if I live in my own head, if I'm in my own head for a really long time, I start doing, I start like doing things that I don't even realize. Like I remember one time, um, when I was working, uh, I was standing like this for about thirty minutes, and everyone that like, why are you, why are your hands up? Why, why are you standing like, like, oh shit, I, I don't even know my hands are up. Like I'm not that conscious mm-hmm. about where, how I move, so. Got it. Now, is this a video podcast? Yeah, it's a video podcast. I'm considering doing it, doing some uh, moving the like, because on Zoom, you know, it's when you when you record, it splits the audio files. So I'm thinking about doing the audio files on on SoundCloud. Oh, okay. Just because you got your you got your closet in the back, all your like you know clothes, you should put like a little sheet back there or something like a thing with the name of the podcast. Just cover it up. I think I. I think I should, but I'm renting this place. Uh, I'm not really. I'm trying to get my deposit back. If I staple stuff in the drywall, is damaged. Uh, oh, all right, that's true. But yeah, so <laughs> let, let, let's talk about you for for a second. Um, uh, you do stand up. That's what what I know you most for. But I'm I'm of the generation, and uh, I I realize I, I realize you were the. You're the guy from from Just for Kicks, aren't you? <laughs> that look, man. I'm How 19 old you, years man? old. How old are you? I'm 19? 19. I'm 19. <laughs> that movie came out when I was two, but it was popular throughout my childhood because it was a Dylan me. and Cole Sprouse. Was it popular? 
Well, for my, for me, and for me and my friends, like every time it, uh, it came on on sometimes on Disney, it came on cable. Mm-hmm. Even look, I grew up in a Spanish household. Telemundo aired the span like with the whole Spanish ah. version. So, so I, we got I had someone dubbing me. Someone dubbed me. Yeah, someone was dubbing you in Spanish. I was like. And I was like, oh, my God, this is the and like because and we were all little kids and uh, that was popular for us because like we were like the busy. No. And them to us, those those two kids were were the uh, The Sprouse twins, Dylan and Cole Sprouse. I mean, they're both particularly Cole Sprouse is a big star right now because of Riverdale. Oh, man, I'm not even I'm not even following it. But, bro, like Zach and Cody was the was the shit back in the day, like when I was growing up in the 2000s. That's so funny. Uh that that movie, yeah, just for kicks, it was a soccer film. So I guess you were a soccer player growing up. Oh hell not, man. I'm a, no? I was I, I wanted to be. I was, you know, I was like that street, street, you know, play play soccer in the streets. I always wanted to play soccer, but yeah. you know, but but that but that, you know, but that movie, but that movie was a shit because you know this with the with the Sprouse twins, is that you know. Yeah, that's we, right, man. We were all like, we all, we all still remember that show. We still l- love that show. And that's so funny. Was, yeah. By the way, only, I, I live on Sunset Boulevard, so there are like sirens and shit that come by every time I'm outside. Uh, yeah, those kids were cute, man. I guess they were like, God damn. How old were they? It was like eight or nine or some shit. They were like, and maybe they're like ten. Oh wait, there's a there's a hole. You might want to hold for that. Yeah, they were like ten years old and. uh they never played soccer a day in their life, and it's a soccer movie. As a matter of fact, I think like maybe like two of the kids in the whole cast had ever played soccer before. And when you're, you know, you're shooting a soccer film, that makes it very difficult. You had to do like a lot of close-ups of people kicking balls because if you just showed people actually playing soccer, none of the kids, they were all like, they're all like, you know, Hollywood kids who had like no athletic ability, their parents, we're staying in motel sixes and carting them out to auditions and they booked these roles. And they thought it was going to be their big Hollywood break. It's a really bizarre sort of microcosm of the entertainment industry. When you look at these childhood actors and like what they, cause these families like literally like getting a, getting a Winnebago and they drive from Wichita, Kansas and they come to Hollywood with their semi chubby cute kid. And they just trot them out auditions and they get a, a movie like, oh, look, it's not a good movie. I mean, I think you can look back now and go, well, that movie is kind of not really well, it, great. Like, it's, it's, designed for, it's, it's designed for kids. It was for it was a kids movie, so yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah can't. That's funny. Like that's what I hate. People talk. Uh, you know, like people. You know how people talk shit about the original, the 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 up. Star Wars trilogy, the uh, prequels. Uh huh. Yeah, they talk shit. Like, it's you're grown men. Like, if you saw the original trilogy, by the time you watch the, you're you're probably middle aged by the time you 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 get to watch the prequels like it's not made yeah. for you it was made yeah. for kids yeah. back then and it's made for kids now so how yeah. how are you supposed to find it entertaining since like that's that's yeah. one thing like that always got, gets to me about people but yeah. i mean it was a uh, it's surprised because I, I i didn't get pay- i don't think i got paid any residuals all the time it aired on telemundo <laughs> that'd have been nice i'm trying to get, get a, the- a better uh, internet connection all of a yeah, no, nobody sent you a check for like uh, 800 pesos or anything like that. No, I didn't get any pesos checks, man. That's nah. good to know. That's cool. That's cool, man. That was that was the last thing I would expect you to say of what you might have seen me in. I thought you'd probably <laughs> well, say something like, well, I don't know, whatever. A lot of things. 
I mean, but that was like how many how many um movies have you been in that where or shows have you been where you had a role that was like that like that uh you know that defined not like a cameo or like not like a small part but like a role where you do where you have that much camera time um there was another film i did with another kids film i did with uh this is also mgm i think mgm bought it it was called recipe recipe for disaster uh so i first met shia labeouf because he was dating a girl <laughs> <laughs> when he was a young kid um and uh recipe for disaster i played like the villain there it was like a lot of the same producers uh then i did a film called even hand which is uh i think it's coming to amazon prime uh a film that i co-wrote co-produced starting called before the sun explodes um which is on amazon prime right now and then i did a a, a movie that kind of came and went. I don't know if you can get it. It's called Skirty Winter. Um, where I was a lead in that. So I've done I've done like uh I guess five leads in films right now. Um and you can see most of them. But yeah, so that was but that was that was one of the first. And uh yeah, I don't know. It I was I was hoping big things from it. I was hoping I was gonna be like a a a child, a child um, you know, do a bunch of kids' movies after that. Now, did you uh, doing this? Like, did you like? Was it a letdown, or were you satisfied, or or how did you feel at, at like, like after after shooting all all the after these movies can come out and you see your face on the big screen that that like uh, did you did it work out? Uh, how like no somehow no. I mean, I don't think it ever really. I don't think you ever really do a movie. And at, and watch it and go as an actor. I don't think you ever do a movie. Watch it go like, I fucking nailed it. Drop the mic, you know, walk off, get get body surfed out out on the crowd. Uh, I think you're always a little bit like, oh, I could have done this better. I could have done this differently. I could have done this moment. I mean, there's one scene in particular. If you <laughs> if you guys want to watch Just for Kicks, I don't know if they have it. Do they have it online? I don't think you can get Just Just for Kicks online streaming. Maybe you can. I'm I think I try, I think I try to look like as a lark and uh, you can get recipe for disaster on Amazon, but just for kicks. I don't think you can. There's a scene where um, I have a monologue to the kids where I like reveal that I'm actually Rudy. That, uh, oh, I'm not Rudy. I'm actually whatever the character's name, the Scottish soccer player. And this is this monologue I do as a, as a Scotsman. And um you know, I think my Scottish accent was okay. I think if I look back now, I'll probably be like, "Ugh, it was terrible." Um, but for a kids' film at the time, it was fine. And uh, I had this long monologue. I remember the day we shot it. Um, it was probably my biggest long monologue in the movie. Because like, guys, you got to go out there. There's nothing but rapscallions and blah blah. We have to go out there. We have to win. We have to be. We are a team, and we work as a team. Whatever the fuck I say, I don't. Even by remember. the way, by the way, there's no accent yeah. in the uh, Telemundo Adlib version. <laughs> <laughs> I love that though. There's like a, a Spanish Scottish accent. So I do that. I do it, but I do it with the Scottish because I go from like, I, I talk like Rudy. I talk, it's like a little bit like the director kept saying, You sound like Elvis. Stop. So but I'm, kind <laughs> do, I'm kind of doing like a sling blade thing. And then when I reveal that I'm actually the Scottish soccer player uh, on, the, on the run from the mob, wherever the hell it is, and I do this long monologue. Uh, I did the take and the director goes, Cindy Bartholomew, rest in peace. 
he goes, great, done, moving on. I go, I go, Sydney, that was that was one take. We're done. He goes, yeah, you nailed it, done. I'm like, now I was a young actor. I was just out of school for acting, so I didn't really have the presence of mind to say, let's just do let's just do another one. Like you should always do for a monologue that big. You should always do a couple takes. The problem is they would that one take. So when they um show the film, if you watch the film again, uh, there are a couple moments where I'm like spitting, like as I'm talking, I'm like, they're nothing but rops. And you see like little like spittle come out. And obviously if they were, um, if they had a couple different takes, they would just cut around it. You know what I mean? And find the moments where I wasn't spitting because they had that one take, you just see me like talking loogies all over these poor kids. Um, I mean, not really hawk loogies, but you know what I mean? There's like spittle coming out of my mouth, which couldn't have been, couldn't be edited around, unfortunately. Not on, not on that budget. Yeah, but they just, all they need to do is like another take. But as an actor, you know, I always tell to actors, like, um, particularly when you're, you know, you could almost always ask for another take. Almost always ask for another take. I mean, unless they're really, really pinched. And they're and they're losing their mind. It, 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 it's going to be very rare that uh, that a director or producer won't let you have another take. So so I should have asked for another take because it's that that it became something that I couldn't really use for like a reel or a comedy reel as an actor. I couldn't really like show it around because it was a little embarrassing that I'm spiddling during that monologue. You know, I don't know. I don't know shit about acting. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I only took one theater arts class and that was in sixth grade, which, which uh, that's my only, that's where my resume ends. But my a movie, I saw, I just saw this movie for the first time yesterday, uh, Tropic Thunder. And oh, wow. I'm surprised they still show that. Oh, it's on Amazon prime for, yeah. Yeah. Just ready, uh, ready to stream. And I watched mm -hmm. it. And that's my only, uh, the only thing I see into, that's my window into acting. That's what I think. I really, I'm trying to like disconnect from the movie, but I, I'm really not trying to think, oh, that's what acting is. Uh, uh -huh. But, you know. I mean, acting uh, is just like, I mean, I, I think people overthink acting. Acting is, and by the way, I'm not like, I'm not like fucking De Niro or saying that I'm the best actor in the world. But I, I will say that, I think that acting isn't, isn't that much removed from what you do when you're a kid, you know, when you're a kid and you just pretend you're something and you, you have make believe and you're a fighter or a warrior. I mean, that's all acting is. You're just pretending you're just, you're, you're, you're playing, you're playing make believe as an adult. So people try to put all this bullshit terminology and make it seem all fancy, fancy and pretentious. It's just, you're, you're just an adult man, boy or man, girl, 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 girl woman girl pretending to be um a kid that's why I like the best like a, a, a great child actor is you know you can't beat it because their imagination is completely unfettered by all the bullshit you know child acting that's that's a weird like for one I like behind the scenes i like what why are they telling these kids to 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 nail this scene are this are we saying Ooh. like like the olsen twins in full house i'm like did, are, are they telling them, all right, we're playing pretend, go ahead and pretend in front action? Or yeah, I don't know. I mean, I know, I do know that I don't know. I'm sure things have changed, but it used to be back in the day that, you know, kids would get really manipulated into feeling a certain way. And uh, 
And I think it, it might be part of the reason why a lot of child actors look, there are a lot of reasons why child actors are fucked up, but like, you know, if you see a kid who's like seven years old in a movie and they're crying hysterically, like they're not using techniques. They're like some directors, like your dad just died action. But they, <laughs> really, but they don't really do that shit anymore. You know, that, that was something that they did in like the sixties and seventies. <laughs> but I think now there's way too much union, too many parents and helicopter parents around just like, well, what do you do to my fucking kid? Uh, if you ever watch, if you want to see a really interesting example, uh, watch uh, watch the screen test of Henry Thomas in, in E.T. It was for, for Spielberg, he did a screen test and, you know, they just basically wanted, and he was, he was at that age, I guess he wasn't that young, he was probably like, what, 11 or something, I don't know, 10, but they, they, you know, imagine that they're taking, and he's just crying and E.T. is my best friend, don't take him away. And it's, it's really moving. But most kids, you know, younger than that, like you can't separate your imagination from real life. You don't have the, you can't separate yourself from what you're imagining, you know? Hey, you said something interesting at the beginning, like you said, like some people overthink acting, acting, um, which is kind of bizarre when, when you think like, you see people like Joaquin Phoenix and and uh, Christian Bale that really go deep into into character, and I was yeah. like, that's got to be, it's got to be like exhausting, and and, and, and it's got to be really consumed to like to be an actor at that level. Yeah, I mean, yeah, what you're talking about is you're talking about something called method acting, and I don't know how I feel about it necessarily. I mean, I think. Because the word method acting, method acting is actually a very particular type of method. It's obvious uh, that was like from the fifties that has sort of been misconstrued to mean a bunch of different things. Like now it means fucking anything. If you like Frances McDormand in Nomadland, she, I guess she got a job at Amazon shipping or whatever for a couple of months, or she worked as a waitress at in one of these small towns for a month or whatever. She just spent time working these menial jobs that her character does. And then she wore no, no makeup and had a shitty haircut and that's method acting, like whatever. Like you're also getting paid millions of dollars to do that shit. So like get over yourself. And then you have people like Jared Leto who when he did the Joker, apparently he was, he was pranking everyone and he was being very weird to everyone. He was sending them dead fish and shit like that. Um, which is, you know, he's method in that way too. I think when it, for, when people first start talking about method acting, uh, you know, I, I think that uh, Brando was, was one of them, although he wasn't really, that's kind of fictitious, but like De Niro, Raging Bull was considered one of the best examples of method acting. It was just like gaining weight, gaining weight or losing weight. That was the first way that like, Oh wow, he gained 40 pounds, he lost 40 pounds. Oh, Adrian Brody lost pound, lost weight. Christian Bale lost and gained. Like that was like the first example of method acting. Now it's just like being a if you're a dick, you just are a dick all the time. Um, you know, and I know that a lot of stuff in the Joker, like Heath Ledger, you couldn't call him Heath on set. You had to call him whatever his Joker name was, and he would only speak as the Joker like the whole time. So I mean, like, even when I did this silly film just just for kicks, I would just spend a day. I would spend days around just going around with like a Scottish accent and like talking to people, go to the store and like, can I get can I get that gum? 
And I would just try to like, that's not method acting, but you basically just try to do your character in real life as much as possible. That's really what it amounts to, you know, and it's become mis it's become this really stupid thing where people like Shia LaBeouf will like, will like in the tax collector, he played this, whatever, uh, an enforcer. And then he would, sh he would shoot stray dogs as a quote unquote method actor. It's just like, just acts, dude. You know, I mean, there's a very famous story of uh, Laurence Olivier, who's considered one of the best actors ever, who did a movie with uh, Dustin Hoffman called Marathon Man. And Dustin Hoffman was a very famous method actor in this movie. It's an old movie. It's before your time. He wouldn't sleep. He wouldn't eat. And so he was like starving himself and not sleeping all night and running constantly and showing up to set all fucked up. And he told Laurence Olivier that. And Laurence Olivier said, have you ever tried acting, my my dear man? You know, so there are people like that, like Leonardo DiCaprio. He'll just fucking, they'll be playing cards, getting a blowjob, and then start the scene. He doesn't care. He'll he, he's just he'll just snap into it. You know. Yeah. Although that's that's like people who take it to an extreme level, though. Uh, what about like you've mentioned Marlon Brando? The I think the problem with his his was that he didn't he he could give two shits about the like he come come in overweight not knowing his lines and it's like let, let's fucking shoot this shit yeah yeah and he was and he was still given iconic performance you know what i mean there, there, there's like levels of i mean you could say that marlon brando oh he was that talented but it's also not even about that it's just like he's just an interesting guy like you can't take your and anything he does it's hard not to look at him because he was such an interesting guy with such an interesting energy and his eyes are so interesting so it was kind of like at the end of the day, you're 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 an image on a screen. Do people want to look at this image? If you have a cool, I mean, Joaquin Phoenix has got a cool face. He's got deep set blue eyes. If he's just you have the camera on him, I don't give a fuck if he's method acting. You're going to look at him. He's an interesting guy. He's got the cleft lip. He's sort of like hard to take your eyes off of. Um, so sometimes I think people. I mean, look, if Joaquin Phoenix didn't do whatever craziness he had to do to get to that part, he still would have given a a great performance because he's an interesting guy to watch. So I don't know. I, I, I kind of think the method acting stuff is a little bit dumb. You know, I, uh, I do agree. It is a bit dumb, but that's why that's why I find a movie like Tropic Thunder. So, so hilarious. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. Uh, and like, if you want to find the loophole to doing blackface in the, in the movie in the modern era, that's the way to do it. Play someone else doing blackface in the modern in the movie in the modern era. But he's still, but he's still got in a lot of trouble. I mean, at this point, he didn't get in trouble. But at this point, you know, there's a lot of talk about that. And there's like a big petition to get that movie removed from Amazon. Like it's, trust me, it doesn't even matter if you're commenting on blackface, you're still doing blackface. Like it, it trust me, the, the, the Twitter mob and these, these assholes are going to go after everybody and they'll find the loophole or not. Yeah. I'll read the script. The script reads me. <laughs> it was I will, I will remember that movie forever. I'm thank God I watched it. Even if they take it off, it, it, it's in my brain already. I could rewatch yeah, yeah. it in my head. Now I did some research because you know, of course I did. Oh. Uh, <laughs> you were uh, I went on IMBD. It says here you have over sixty-two appearances in movies and in t TV shows. Would you yeah, say that's? Bye. Would Somebody you say that's it. in the ballpark? Yeah, I mean whatever whatever there is, whatever it says up there. I mean, not that not all that shit is uh, a good or stuff that you can just access right now. 
Well, yeah. Well, it's not like I'm, uh, yeah. like just 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 curious because there's not. I, I I doubt that sounds like you'd be counting every day. No, I don't. I don't know. Like I mean, some of the stuff is like short films or. Uh, I haven't really looked at my IMDb for a while, but I mean, yeah, it's. A, I've done a bunch of like TV shows. Some of them are on the air right now. Some of them are off the air, and you know, if you do like I'm doing. I'm shooting a guest star in SWAT uh, this week. You know, it shows SWAT on, I don't know what 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 network is. Anyway, and then you do show like that and then it kind of comes and goes and you, you do your best work and you get your paycheck. You hope you get good residuals and hope the show gets syndicated. So you hope, you hope it goes to Telemundo so you get international money. Um, but people don't really know, you know what I mean? In, in terms of the industry, I mean, in terms of me doing stand-up, a year from now when i'm on the road no one's gonna be like oh oh that's the guy from swat it's like i did like an episode you know what i mean but it doesn't matter man that's the career you just keep keep plugging away and you uh you know sometimes sometimes that's that's your career as you as you, as you play these you play these roles different parts you have fun you get to do stand up work on scripts and uh, and that's it and everyone's kind of like why haven't you made it why why aren't you a big star and like you know, you're working, you're doing your thing, you're doing what you love. Like, I think that is making it in my book. Like I watch HBO One Night Stand. You you see all these people on H. Bill Hicks was on HBO. Patrice yeah. O'Neill was on HBO. They're on HBO nonetheless. And and to know that they like that doesn't mean you made it. Yeah. Being and on HBO, all, everyone you mentioned is dead, too. Ah, oh, man, that's, that's horrible. <laughs> and like and it's good to know, like what I got from what you just said is that you probably don't Google yourself. Uh, which is I think I, I think I used to when Google when was Google big like probably 2004 2005 I was probably googling myself I, I don't think I've googled myself I mean I definitely check check my um my social media more than the more than I should um and I get I, I get in Twitter stuff more than I should like I just had a, like a little I can't help it like I just had this I see these people on Twitter and they someone said for all you fucking idiots who are this what's this guy Willie I don't know. He's a mediocre actors on Sex and City. And he said something like, for all you people who, who aren't getting vaccines, you're a bunch of fucking idiots. Now we have to wear masks forever. And I said, I said, check out the demographics on who you're calling fucking idiots. Because the truth is, I mean, straight up, like no, no, most of my friends who are in, uh, most of my non-white friends aren't getting vaccines. They don't want to. They don't. For a lot of reasons a lot you know and uh and you just call everyone a fucking idiot who's not getting a vaccine i think it's just i was like i go uh be careful you're calling a fucking idiot you're calling a lot of people fucking idiots and he was like mah, 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 mah. i said okay that might be because she was a little racist by the way and he blocked me that's just like you know so i can't i, I you know i would say that googling myself has been replaced by getting involved in stupid fruitless Twitter war wars with like quasi celebrities. Now um, it's just, a, it's a dumb idea, but I, I can't help it. I can't, I can't help it. I get so upset by everything that's going on right now in the world. And look, I'm liberal. Uh, I'm definitely left of center. Uh, I would never be a Republican. Uh, but at the same time, like, I get it. I get it. Like if you, if you can't look at Republicans and say, 
there's so many people out in here like look at look at Republicans and look at Texans and stuff, and they go, "You fucking idiots, you dumb morons, you cavemen, you Neanderthals." Blah, blah. If you can't look at the other side and at least go, "I get it," then you're a fucking idiot. You gotta look at the other side. Like if you're not getting a vaccine, like I'm gonna get a vaccine when it's my turn and when it's appropriate and when everyone's gotten theirs. I don't feel like I need. It. I've had COVID. I don't. I'm not like rushing to get it. I'll get it eventually. But if someone's not going to get them, get it for whatever reason, they don't, they don't trust it. They're blah, blah, blah. I fucking get it. You're not a fucking idiot. I get it. You don't want to, for whatever reason, you don't want to get it. Fine. Don't get it. I don't know. I just, I just hate, I hate how it's become like, there's all this moral grandstanding and proselytizing from all these people on the left about like how you have to behave and how you have to talk and how you have to think. And it's just sort of, it's this weird new area of McCarthyism that is, uh, it's not helping, you know, at the end of the day, you got to have fucking love and empathy and everything else is just a bunch of goddamn noise. So, but the noise is, the noise is louder than the fucking love. So fuck it. And I'm a I'm a nobody and I and I don't Google and I still Google myself. Uh I got I play football in high school, so my if I Google myself, my film shows up. Oh yeah, first page results. I made it. <laughs> it's just oh, that's cool. So you're a good football player? Nah, I'm not good, but I'm trying to. Okay. I'm trying. Hopefully I get back on the great iron. Wait, you're how old again? You're 19? Yeah. I've been I mean I came to blend and try for the team the but tries you look like you don't look like a large dude. How how big are you? Five ten, if uh, if I stretch my spine out, five ten, and one what do you, seventy. What do, you, what do you like? What do you play? What are you DB or something? Uh, I'm a uh, I'm a receiver, special teamer. You know, one of those okay. guys. Yeah. Got it. But yeah, what you said, like, and well, going back to like what what you say, like, you know, like a lot of young cats, they're not trying to get canceled before their career starts. You know. Yeah. Like I'm trying to, I really want to, I really want to do comedy because I love it. Uh, I have a respect for it. I, I think it's a craft, but you know, I, I look back and uh, with, you know, all this woke, woke cancel culture, uh, uh, all the, uh, the way, the way the world is today, uh, the, the entire culture. And like the days of, you know, the uh, Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy, you know, a 22 year old dude uh, selling out, Oh, and being world the the world's most famous comedian, like those days are over. You you can't make it a, a, as a young comic anymore, or at least it's it's harder to do do it nowadays. Hmm. Um. Why? Why do you think so? Well, I mean, uh, what what made like think about what made Eddie, uh, Eddie Murphy so great? If you watch his delirious uh, delirious special. Like none of that stuff will fly today. Uh, that Mr. Teaser, Mr. Teaser faggot bit. Uh, that that will never, that will never fly today. That, you don't that's be, just you don't want to be you don't want to be canceled, and you use that you, you say that word. Come on, it's in it's in context. It's in context, man. It's I was nice. like, I know. Uh, <laughs> I, I used. I, I used I used the word cunt in the last uh in the last episode with cunt. Well. I think there's a difference. I'll tell you why. Because if we're talking about the the, the top three, the FNC, um, FNC just uh, 
they sort of describe ineffable, ineffable characteristics of a human being. Like someone is, someone is black, someone is gay. Um, but I don't think the C word applies to women writ large. That's a, that's a douche. It's like calling guys a creep or a douche. Like not every guy is a creep or a douche. It's a type of guy. So a C word is a type of woman. Like you could say you that to, an effort, a type of, but they're not. It's like you, you they're, they're used as, as a panoply to describe that group of people. So I think, I think the C word is different. Yeah, I don't is. use the C word because I don't like to offend cunts, but anyway. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, don't steal that. That's one of my jokes. <laughs> I know. I, I've been, I was watching your stand up, like, Okay. And like I, I thought it was crazy that, that like well you know before when we were getting putting this thing thing together you said like like let me know what we what we're gonna talk about and I, I and I sent you the message back hey don't worry we're not gonna talk about anything that'll get us on the news but I seen like but to be honest I seen your act like uh whatever whatever not not Nazi jokes you've done if you haven't if it hasn't sparked anything I think we we should be good right now. Well, the weird thing about the Nazi joke I did, it's funny you said that. The, the reason that came about is because someone posted on someone posted on Facebook a while ago. Some woman said, like, Nazis are taking over America and the, they've infiltrated the police department and Nazis are everywhere. And like, they, they were just that Nazis were fucking, like, somehow increasing. And, and, and as someone who is, you know, in my... I'm in my 40s, you know, like I grew up in black schools. I grew up in a very racist, like very in Virginia, like I say, a racist part of Virginia called Virginia. And I, and I experienced like what, how bad racism was. And I saw, and I'm not saying racism doesn't exist today. Of course it does. It's, it's prevalent everywhere and we got to combat it. But to say it's getting worse is fucking ridiculous. It is the most stupid asinine bullshit fear-mongering belief system that's being promulgated it is absolutely getting better it, it just homophobia isn't as prevalent people are getting their heads around transphobia um racism in general i mean the amount of the amount of mixed couples and mixed children that you just see around anywhere you go in america texas it doesn't fucking matter they're everywhere it's like it is not as much of a problem the police the police forces are much more mixed in every goddamn city in america and for people to say that not like you, you know, Nazis are taking over the police part, the, 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 the LAPD, I think in like, and this woman was in the LA area, I think in like the nineties in LA riots, I think the LAPD was like 85% white people or something like that. And now it's like over like 50, it's like 50% black people. So, so the police department is a lot more diverse. Is a lot, more, and they were saying it's getting over. So I just wrote and said, I said, I think that's. I go, I don't think Nazis are taking over. And I made a joke. I go, I'm six foot tall, two hundred pounds, blonde hair, blue eyes. No Nazis ever try to recruit me. I don't think it's an issue. Like if if it, if if they were everywhere, if they were taking over America, someone would have come up to me. But hello, I'd like to talk to you about the organization. We have some pamphlets, and so it became a bit. Now. Um, when I made that joke, I just got like attacked by these people for saying this, like these women, these in Orange County, I punched a Nazi in the face. Did you, did you punch a Nazi in the face lady? You're overweight and 45 pounds and you knocked out a, a Nazi 
Do they have the fucking swastika and the funny mustache? What are you talking about, you dummy? So I just feel like people, I don't know if people are bored or bored housewives or what it is, but are, are people, they feel like they have to have some purpose because everything's so great now. Everything's so great in America. And we have this un, unheralded uh, uh, prosperity and everyone's living pretty decently. Even poverty in America is better than it was 20 years ago, what it meant to be impoverished. So um, you could be well below the poverty line and have a, a, a flat screen TV. So I'm only saying that to say that like things are better. The, the standard of living is better. People live longer. People are healthier. There's more options, better food everywhere in the fucking world. It is not exponentially, incrementally it's better. And so this idea that everything's shitty and everything's blah, blah, and everything's going backwards. I just think people just, their lives are pretty good. So they have to focus on something and they just, and it's a lot easier to focus on what's shitty and then what's good, you know? God forbid you focus on what's good and how things are getting better. And for some reason, as growing up as a lifelong liberal, I've always felt that that we were the we were the party of people who were looking at the world and trying to find the light and trying to find the good things. And now it's like all we're doing is looking at the world, trying to find the bad things. And it bums me out. You know? Yeah. And and these are and this is comedy, so this is all satire this is all this is all it's, it's all jokes but yeah and, and to say that, that this that this isn't allowed here then what exactly is allowed like what is what is a woke liberal comedy look like because i know clean comedy we we saw jerry seinfeld he got in trouble for for yeah. you know i, I know the, the he's gay, some, like, french, gay french king yeah no not a slur not a, not not derogatory in any way just just a emotion yeah. and that and real like what what is yeah. the comedy like what is the comedy people are trying to to look for if you go to a comedy show not looking to get offended what are you what are you really looking for? there's only so many gluten jokes i could tell there's not yeah i mean i i, I get what you're saying I, th I think that um i mean i i get i get both sides i think that you can uh, be edgy without being mean and without target targeting marginalized groups kind of puts the onus on you as a comic and as a writer to write stuff that's a little bit more sophisticated to write stuff that's a little bit more um, personal and nuanced and self-deprecating um, you know I mean although people he's quote-unquote canceled I think one of the, one of the real masters of this idea was was Louis CK you know he'll take I don't know if you saw his last special on his website. I haven't seen, I've seen, seen clips of it, clips of it. Okay. It. Well, it's, it's seven 99 and you know, it's, it's just cause he's, I think he's probably the best, maybe the best ever. And you, you uh, look at, he, he takes really complicated stuff and just finds a way to make it. Um, I don't know how else to put it. It's hard to look at anything, whatever your your point of view is, not to look at what he's doing and go, and and, and think about what he's saying. And he he does a whole thing about abortion. Um, that's how he opens one of his last specials about abortion, which is obviously a, a, a tough one. And then he does a whole his last special. He talks about the word retard, you know. And I saw I saw his uh. No, the someone took a recording device into a into one of his shows before, like while he was like trying to get back at, 
back to work like after yeah. he got canceled but before his like last special yeah, yeah. uh and I, i'll listen to that and it was hilarious and to think that was like unfinished was you know was just like mesmerizing to me because yeah. I, yeah. I loved it i loved i love well, to hear it he's one of those guys who he, for for whatever reason and i'm not i'm not one of these people and i think that maybe Chappelle is one of these people and Maybe Burr is one of these people. I think their brains just operate in a way that things come out in stand-up comedy. They, they come out stand-up comedy ready. Their thoughts, they think a thought and they express their thought in a way where it's already ready for the stage. Like they don't, like for me, I have to say something and I have to sit with it, I have to write it down, I have to dissect it, I have to figure out all this, all these ways to make it stage ready. But I think his brain, just the way he like, distills his thoughts and simplify he's able just to to make anything sound like a stand-up bit um you know n- nothing is he doesn't have like the, the biggest vocabulary in the world he doesn't do the most incrane insane like circumlocutus routes to an idea he just kind of it's almost like when you're stoned the way your mind thinks when you're stoned you just lay things out very simply and easily in a way that you can like tell a story um it's like his brain is operating as like a stone brain without like <laughs> without the, the the negative things about being stoned um so i think but anyway he talks about the word the, the word retard which you know and it's, it's how i felt too like it was a word that you grew up with and a word that didn't necessarily have negative connotations it was just a a thing that was used to describe people and now that word is no longer a word that you can use it's sort of his not only like not only that in uh i don't know if this is in the special but in the record in the in the like in at his the recorded show he he not only says that he brings up how we the way we treat him is worse than what we make out the word to be of course of course and the thing he says is he goes because we don't use the word you don't see them anymore they're not around anymore they're like pushed out of society they're not mainstreamed into the schools they're kind of like the word has been like pushed aside and the actual group of people that were designated as have been pushed aside so we don't have to deal with them and we can just be happy and wear our yoga pants and go around and be super liberal in our priuses and drink our our coffee and our organic green tea and pet our gender neutral emotional support cat you know it's just one of these things like i think it's it's a shame that people people have this idea that they want to be happy and what they think happiness is is removing everything negative from their purview and from their point of view so if they don't have any negative people i can't have any, like i just got blocked by this guy willie garcon whatever his name is hack and he, you know he blocked me because i said hey you're you're calling all these people idiots and you know there are a lot of minorities you're referring to as idiots like what are you what are you doing and he blocked me because god forbid i say anything that dismantles his stupid white patriarchal point of view you know so fuck them i think that like people gotta um people got to deal with the bad when people when you get heckled as, as a, a comic or people have youtube comments on your post wherever the heck it is you know you can block i think it's good to block a lot of people but most time people just want they, they just want to express something and you go hey man i get what you're saying so one time this kid heckled me and he was like he was just like chubby ginger kid and he goes i don't know what to say he goes say something funny now all I said to him is like, I go, Hey, I'm trying to, but the, the things I'm saying are just what's in my head. And that's all that's there right now. So this is what's happening. 
And that kind of got laughed. And after the show, he came up, he's like, Hey man, I'm a big fan. I think you're great. I'm like, why did you heckle me? He's like, Oh, I'm just trying to, you know, I'm just playing along, having fun. Now, if I had wanted to, I could have gone after this kid, made fun of his, the way he looks, his weight, his ginger balls, whatever it is. Um, and he, but he was just a kid who was just trying to like, he just wanted attention and he got it and I made his night. I could have made his night shitty and he could have gone home and kicked his dog. You know, it's like, you, you gotta be really careful about how people that you're mean to. It's hard because, you know, we all have triggers and we all get triggered by shit that people say. I mean, I got triggered by this dipshit Willie Garcon who thinks he's so much fucking better than everyone else. They're like, mm, you're a fucking idiot if you don't get vaccinated. It's like, you know, I think- and I get, I get triggered by that. So we all get triggered. Well, I think well, these these people need need some need some medicine, and the way we do that is to like young like this. There needs to be like it can't just be one guy who can do it. There needs to be this wave of guys who aren't are not afraid to be edgy anymore, so we can like un like unclench our assholes for like two like ten minutes just to enjoy enjoy what it what it is comedy. Like yeah, and speaking of Louis C.K., he was on the way to to being the greatest of all time. He was like pre 2017. That was, that was his trajectory. I I honestly believe he could have been the greatest stand-up comic we we've ever seen. Uh, uh, the way and someone who who is a master at this is George Carlin because what I love about George Carlin the way he carried himself, the way his stand-up was, it was still comedy, but it looked so in a way so sophisticated that. It, it almost looked like you needed he, he looked like a college professor every time he performed. He looked like you needed a college degree to, to do stand up to do when, when in actuality it's just the way he mani- manipulates and the way he goes about the, the, the English language and to touch on, on touchy subjects. It was like mesmerizing to, yeah. to see like like the seven dirty words, how how we how like. Thing. back back then the seven like the seven dirty words were were like stuff you just could not say that even that in his special there was a warning right before he goes into that joke and that saying uh there, there, there was a warning the, the taping stopped it paused and like a warning came on well like what you're about to hear is whatever whatever and and then he goes into it and today we're looking back at it like why was this shit such a big deal it was like yeah and i think that's what comedy has to be like today like the the young cats have like the like young dudes coming up have to uh like can't be afraid to to go over the edge and we need to do this by the masses it can't just be one one dude yeah yeah uh, well i mean i think that i think that is happening the problem is is like so george carlin for example he was that guy he was counterculture right so in the counterculture has always been the liberal movement it's always been the progressive movement it's always been the democratic party this counterculture but now the people that are out there who are kind of really unfettered by, by, you know, the parameters of what we should and shouldn't say are the people that are being aligned with, with like right-wing comedy, which is just so fucking bizarre to me. Like people like Tim Dillon, who I don't think has ever been right-wing or, um, you know, the Legion of Skanks group guys and all those, those guys, they, they, like, I don't think any of them, they're all liberal dudes. I don't think they've ever been right wing, but now it's like for them to say what they have, they can only align themselves with this super like right wing Republican party, which is just so fucking bizarre. And I think that a lot of these comics are going like, I guess I'm a Republican now because those are the only people that are going to allow me a platform to say this shit. Um, 
and it's 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 just very bizarre and confusing i don't know how that's happened i mean someone like joe rogan who's always been a registered democrat and a liberal and is always he just likes to he calls out bullshit how he how he calls it like he sees it if something's bullshit he calls it out and now he's being people call him alt right it's just fucking absurd to me like in a way it's kind of good because i think eventually like if enough people get canceled and enough people get then then all of a sudden everyone that's going to be canceled is just going to be over here and there are going to be more people that are canceled than are not and then all the canceled people are going to be having fun so you know those are the people who are going to you know it, it, when it comes out to like live comedy the audiences are still going out to see the tim dillons and they're still going out to see the people who are look if louis ck did a stadium in the middle of america right now it, he would he would sell it out yeah he'd sell it out still you know definitely so yeah. and he, he he got canceled for something else too but like even but comics get canceled for what they what they say and what they do they still like they still sell out shows it doesn't really it doesn't really it's just the mainstream media and like the big networks and disney like everything's owned by disney if you don't fall in the disney purview or whatever then you're then you're fucked you know yeah, like that's why uh, my biggest fear is like if I come uh, as like coming up or and not only for me, but for other comics is like, well, don't put like people putting a uh, like a hinder on their on their uh, on their, you know, on their on their funny. Like, well, yeah, you can only, like you can only be funny. Yeah, you can only be funny to this point. That's why like a show like SNL is like starting to like be really concerning on, on, on like who are the people that. That, that that choosing to be SNL uh, to go on uh, to be on SNL like the uh, I forgot what his name was who 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 got fired before um what was his name the dude who made the uh, the Asian, Asian stereotypes the Asian jokes yeah yeah I mean I think I think if you were to look back he probably reg- he probably regrets it no matter what he what he thinks he's like oh I'm being myself it's like the truth is like you know look here here here's the point you you, you can your comedy doesn't become edgy or better if you use words that people don't want to hear. Like my comedy isn't better if I use the F word or the N word or the CH word or whatever. Like it doesn't, if I want to make fun of people, if I want to make fun of certain cultural stereotypes or certain, like there are ways to do it. You know what I mean? And then if you get, then it becomes about not just the word, but the context. I mean, it's, it's still, you know, lots of, I I do I do transgender jokes, you know what I mean, and um, I I I don't and I'm on the I'm on the team of I'm on the the team of 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 transgender people going for the rights. I also think I'm on the common sense team of people who go I do a joke about transgender sports in high school, you know, and my argument is like I don't know if we should have those. I don't know if it's fair. I mean I don't think we should have transracial sports. I ran track in high school, you know. Every time I lined up next to a, I lined up a black dude, a chisel black dude with his balls hanging on his shorts, I'm like, oh, I'm coming in fourth again. So who's that? Uh, Shane Gillis. His name was Shane Gillis. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, Shane Gillis. Yeah, I mean, like, look, he 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 did a podcast. He 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 got carried away. He said some words that, you know, it's not like he was doing the height of comedy at that point. Uh, I but the thing is, like, you you can't get. He, he was doing a podcast. He was he was having fun. He was goofing around. And the thing is, even if he apologized, the, 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 here's the problem. I, I, here's the problem I have with it. 
let's say you're in a podcast and you say some shit and it offends people. And then you look back, you're like, ah, man, I shouldn't have gone that. I shouldn't have said that. I like, maybe I should have said the N word, even though it was a joke. Maybe I shouldn't have said the F or C word, whatever. Um, and it offended people. And they ask you for an apology and you apologize like they don't give a shit. Your apology doesn't fucking matter. You can't apologize. So I think if anything ever comes back to me in, in a big way, I mean, look, if, if a company that like wants to hire me goes, look, we want to hire you, but we can't because of this, then I would apologize for the job. But if the Twitter mob comes after me because of some shit, you said this, I'll be like, so what? I'm a comic. Whatever. I don't care. It's dumb. I just get stupid. It, You're being stupid. You can't apologize. Yeah. They're going to forgive you. Yeah. It also like messes up like, like what is a cancelable cancelable offense nowadays? Because when Shane Gillis got fired, you say, you know, Andrew Yang, who was a presidential candidate at the time, uh, he, he said yeah. he wasn't offended. And then they said like, and then people got mad at him. <laughs> and then, and, and like, it gets to the point what we're getting like, what is, uh, you know, what, at what point do we, do we say, at what point is comedy okay? Because now, now that's the that's the that's the question. It used to be it used to be what 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 jokes are not okay. And now it's now the line is, uh, what what jokes are okay? That's how small the. It, well, it, I mean, I, I think that's also look, man. That that's what look. I, I, I if that's what is being discussed in the mics you go to and open mics and that's all my comments. But I think that's very reductionist because I don't think that's actually true. I think it just puts the onus on comedians to write better jokes because you can write jokes about anything you want to do. You just don't have to like. If you're like, I'm going to go up there and I'm going to say the N word, I'm going to. OK, fine. You know what? Have a joke and say the N word. It better be a great fucking joke. It better be a bulletproof fucking joke. Because if it's not a bulletproof joke, then guess what? You, you, you fucked yourself. I think almost, and maybe you're right, it has changed in a sense. Like there were jokes where people would say the N-word. Louis C.K. did, Neil Brennan did. There are different comics who have jokes where they say the N-word. He nailed it. Um, nailed it. Arguably. And it didn't, come from, it. It, it, it didn't come from a place of, 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 of hate or anything like that. And, and they, they obviously like, I mean, Chris Rock was Louis C.K.'s best friends. I mean, Louis C.K. used to write for Chris Rock. You know, Brandon, you know, Dave Chappelle is the best friend, one of his best friends. So I think like, I'm not, I'm not so stupid, like, well, it's best friends. But same time, like, I think that you can tell where it's coming from. So if you go up there just to provoke people and the, and the writing of the joke isn't good enough to, to match it, then you're fucked. So, I, so all the people complaining about cancel culture and blah, 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 that's fine. But your job as a comic is just to write better. Just write better, you know? I mean, I have a, I have a joke. I'm, I'm trying to, it's an actually an opportunity for us, man. It's an opportunity for us as comics to write jokes that are going to address it in a way that's complex, that's interesting and complicated and nuanced and make people think, and sometimes maybe push their buttons, you know? So I think, but if you just go up there, like I'm fucking blah, 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 I'm swinging my dick. It's like, that's like not sophisticated enough. You got to be better than that, you know? You know how many times I've been called the N-word? I'm from Houston. You know how many times I've been called the N-word by non-black women? Specifically non-black women. It's like, I was like, oh my God. And like, I, dude, I played on all black football team. And when I lined up against the white trash football teams that we'd play against in Virginia, they would call me the N-word constantly, dude. They'd be like, hey, fucking blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm the one. Did it end it with lover or? 
<laughs> no, no, no. Just straight up. They just would call me that. I was like, fuck. I, I like to tease. I like to use the word uppity without just just the, just by itself. <laughs> yeah. 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 But like, like, here's what I like to do. I like to I like I like to roast people like roast. Like, I, you know, I mess with, you know, a couple of my friends, co-workers, you know, you know, my, my, my best friend who's black, uh, who, who's who's black. You know, it's not no. I hate saying that my, my black friend. No, he's my best friend and he's uh-huh. black and he called me a slur. I had no for 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 Latinos that I didn't even know was a slur specifically what is for Mexicans. Uh, pepper belly. He called me a pepper belly. I was like, and pepper I wasn't offended. Yeah, and I wasn't <laughs> offended. I was like, I was more shocked. I was like, how come I've never heard that shit before? No oh, one's no. That's 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 I'm writing that down. Oh uh, hell no, no, that's my shit, bro. Nah, Joe, like I've had him on the podcast, man. You can't take that from him. Come on. Wait, did he invent that? I don't know if he invented it, but he sure introduced it to me. I was like, and oh no, it, it's a, it's yeah, pepper belly is a derogatory term meaning Mexican or Latin American. But, the redneck at the gas station said that Jose was a is a drug. Yeah, pepper belly. I'd never heard of it. That's friggin' pepper belly means it says Urban Dictionary a dirty Mexican. Wow, a racial ter- slang term. I mean, like, that's you know, hilarious. I'm thankful that that I the first time I've ever heard that word came from someone <laughs> I love. The first time I've ever like. Now I know, like I know how black people now, now the N word became a term of a term of endearment because it called the first the first people who call you that shit is is someone you love is someone yeah. like someone who you consider family. But that's all. But that's like, kind of endearing because it's based on the fact that Mexicans eat a lot of peppers in their food. Oh yeah, that's you what know? we 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 put pepper lime pepper. in that pepper and citrus. That's not a good combination. Oh <laughs> uh, man, belly, so, call you chili belly. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, shout out to Joseph Donato. I've had him on the podcast twice, dude. Dude, I love the guy. He's my brother. And like, um, but what I'm trying to get at is like, cause I like to talk shit to people, but uh, I don't like this. Like, you no, know, when I, I like, I, if I tell you something, and there's like people around, they would they would tell me like, why would you say that to his face? Because I don't want to say it behind his back, basically. And I wanted to see his, and I want to see his face as soon as I call him that. I was like, I, I called this dude like. Uh, you look like the bad guy in the Spike Lee movie, and like, cause he had he had dreadlocks. He had a flat top, a dreadlock going straight up. Oh yeah. And two and and a, and a dreadlock going this this way, and the dreadlock that's like shorter than both of them, right yeah. here. And I was yeah. like, you look like the, I was like, you look like the bad guy in the Spike Lee movie. And I was like, and like when I when and when I'm like I'm performing an open mic and I t- and I talk shit to the crowd is like. And they all, like I say, like the nerve you guys have to be a tough crowd. This is a free show. You get what you pay for. And like, they, and if I hear like, oh, I was like, like, and the only reason I'm telling you this right now, I don't want to tweet it later after I leave. I'm not going to tweet this shit later. I'm going to tell you it straight up to you and you should love me for it. That's yeah. like, that's and like, and that, and go, which goes back to like, when, when I dress the, you address the offended party directly because the people who get offended for like uh, for people people who get canceled is never canceled by the offended party. Shane Gillis was never canceled by uh, uh, by, by the Asian, Asian community. Yeah. It's white yeah. women, yeah. It's always white women. Yeah, it's, it's white women. Pe- it is. Twenty people on Twitter get together. Oh my god! Yeah, apparently it's white that's women what and a bunch of nerds who want to bang these white women. That's what it is. Oh yeah. Seriously, I mean, I wish it wasn't, but it is. 
I, by the way, I've been saying that, that the problem is, is white women for, for like five years. And then Bill Burr starts saying it. And I'm like, damn it. I can't say it anymore. On SNL. Yeah. But yeah, I've been doing like three, like three years before that. Whatever. He's great. Uh, you know what I, what I love, what I'd love to do. I'd love to be a professional bridge burner. I wish I had the balls to burn bridges. Like, cause, uh, like, and just know that, just know that you're, you're now a Republican. If what you want to do is burn bridges, if it, you're by default now a Republican and you can't go platforms. Like how many people have this dream? My dream is to, to be on SNL, uh, and quit. I want to be someone who quits SNL. Like, it's just, and the way I, the way that, I go about you're on it, and you're like, wait a second, I don't want to quit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if, I, if you ever see me on SNL, uh, I needed the money. But, you know, it's like, I forgot what I was about to say, but like, to be, because when I approach, I approach comedy the way, like, I play guitar. Uh, I picked up the guitar. You know, mm-hmm. I do, I do this podcast, but w- when I pick something up, I'll say, I want, I want to be great at this. I don't want to be, I want to yeah. be good. I want to be, I don't like, I, I don't care if I, if people never see me play the guitar. I, yeah. I want to play the guitar like Stevie Ray Vaughan. I'm practicing playing behind my back in, in, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just starting, but I, I want to like, that's how I want to play. If I'm going to play yeah. the guitar, because if I do stand up, I want to be, I don't, I'm not, I don't, I won't say I want to be the next Bill Hicks. I don't want to be the next Carlin. I want to, I want to say, I want to be what, what would they be? What would they want comedy to be? That's what I want to be. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, like, sure. like, so I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I, I never go into anything half-assed. Like, like, yeah. fuck that. If, if it's worth, like, if it's worth doing, if we're doing right. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you, man. I think that, um, I think that I think that's a good that's a good uh, that's a good you know goal, man. I always want to be the best. I mean, I'm happy not being the best, but I think it's a good goal to be the best. I think it's like good to really to really like want to be and, and and change the fucking game. So the only advice I would give you is like, you will never fail as a comic, no matter what type of comedy, alt crowd, club crowd podcast by being more vulnerable and being more honest and being more self-deprecating that will never that will never not serve you do you know what i mean um because at the end of the day like if you can if our goal in life man is to be unflappable to be the fucking buddha dude and the buddha is unflappable that means any youtube comment you see any fucking bad review i get i just do theater and like get bad reviews do tv or whatever film get bad reviews you should be able to read all the bad reviews and all the good reviews. You should listen. To, if you believe the good shit people say about you, you got to believe the bad shit. So you just listen to it all and take it all in. And if you can't, be, if you have to be the person who's like, nah, 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 and filtering out the bad shit, then you're not fucking having a fully realized life in existence, man. You got to fucking hear it all. People say, hey, you're a piece of shit. Go, okay, I get you feel that way. I see that, man. I'll try to be better. Like, I'll try it. I mean, I, I changed my, my vegan food is, is a transgender cuisine joke because there was a line that I, I i recognize that hey man like i'm not going after transgender people i'm making a an analogy that i find funny um but i don't want to denigrate transgender people in this joke you know so i made like a, a tweak because of people's comments that's fine um then there's a then there's a point which where i'm going like nah fuck you now you're just being oversensitive but but it's it's okay to listen to what everyone has to say 
because even the people that are hysterical and creating all this fucking noise sometimes have good points that will only push you to be a better comic, you know, and a more nuanced, thoughtful comic, which is never bad. Last last thing I want to ask you before we wrap this thing up, and this is like a one one thing I want to learn because I, I'm young and I like I want I really want to learn and I really want to, want to do better. Like I said, I want to be be great at this. Well, look, if I was your age, it'd be like this, right? Just fucking facelift. Look at that shit. Damn. Oh, go ahead. One second. Yeah. And I was like, one thing, <laughs> I, like, last, last thing I want to, last thing I want to ask you is, uh, uh-huh. if you were, if you go to a, a, a comedy club or to an open mic, or if you see like a young, nineteen-year-old, twenty-year-old dude, uh, see, is getting started. Like, what is exactly would you would you like the seats to know? You know, this is what comedy should be, or what? Like, I'm not saying what specific jokes. I'm, I'm saying, like, what about a uh, a young comic? Do you want to see, or that 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 could tell you, uh, this this dude could, this dude is a this dude's gonna be is a real comic. This dude could be a real comic. Uh, I'm trying to think of like who who I've seen recently where I was like, I looked at someone, and I was just sort of like blown away by uh I remember the first time I saw Drew Michael in New York I was kind of like god damn man um he was just he was just a real writer you know um I mean he was very written out which isn't necessarily what I I, I love the most but he was but I looked at that guy years ago and I was like fuck man um so if I were to see a guy first of all at the end of the day no matter what the fuck we're talking about, we're talking about a stage and a stage requires a performance. So a performance requires command of an audience. So the first thing is that, man, the first thing is like, are you comfortable up there? Are you having fun? Do you command the stage? You know, and when you see that, that is the the, the writing, you know, obviously you want the writing to be great, but if the writing's great and they're reading from a notepad and there's just some fucking nerd standing at a microphone, that's garbage to me. It's like, well then be a writer, write for a sitcom, write for an actual comic, write for someone who performs. If you're gonna stand there reading from a memo pad with your clever puns and thoughts, like eat a dick. Like it used to be those guys, those nerds would write for people and now they're performing and that's like a kind of style of performance. But I think that's, to me, that's boring. It's like. Can you go up there, be vulnerable, command a stage, um, give yourself to an audience in a way that you're 100% committed to what your thoughts are, but you're also completely open to what they're giving you. Um, it's like, it's the same thing with great acting. A great actor is someone who's 100% committed to what they're saying, but when the person they're acting with gives them something, they fucking take it and they and they are able to like, it's very, it's like Bruce Lee, man. It's like, everything's like water. It's like, you're like a, a wave crashing and you're also receiving. So if someone has the ability to go on stage and fucking command a stage, I mean, you know, he's he's obviously much older now. I think he's in his 50s now, but like someone like Godfrey, the comic Godfrey, um, I don't know, you know, black guy. Uh, he's just one of those guys, he gets on stage, he just commands the stage no matter where the fucking stage is. There are they're, they're people who, who do that. And you know, it doesn't mean you have to be a dancer, you have to be physical, and you have to do physical comedy. It doesn't mean you have to be Dane Cook and Vicious Circle, but it means like, However you command the stage with your presence, with your voice. Um, that's the first thing, man. Just be relaxed and comfortable. And uh, if I see people going up there tr- trying too hard 
are, are, are fake connecting. Like uh, I just saw, I, did, I, I was in the second row of the show where I watched a very famous comic. I don't want to name him up there. And he was doing crowd work. He wasn't really connecting with the crowd. It was like prefabricated crowd work. I don't buy that shit. I think every show that you do as a comic should have some life in it. It should have a little bit of breathing room so that the jokes, they're never the exact same. They're never delivered the exact same. You're, you're never going to do the exact same set twice in a row. Everything's a little bit different, even if it's like a word or a smile or a pause or, um, so that's what I'd say. I would just say like, I'm impressed when someone goes on stage and they look like they, they fucking live there. They have a sleeping bag on that stage. And they, they rolled off and they got on it. I mean, Dave Chappelle's like that now, you know, he's, he's all, he's been like that forever. Um, and that's good or bad. He's so comfortable up there that sometimes he's not even working. He just sits there and smokes a cigarette for 10 minutes without telling a joke. But, um, but that's the first thing when people have that level of confidence and comfortability and love of the stage and connecting to people, that's the first thing. Then, then secondary is, is the jokes and the, the, the ability to perform the jokes. And then also the, um, the type of uh, the type of material like is it is it is it put it to, look brian regan's one of the best brian regan doesn't push the envelope in terms of what he's saying you don't have to be edgy you don't have to everyone always thinks they're reading all the a lot of the female young female comics come out like i'm redefining comedy because i'm talking about sex and women don't like there's been enough women talking about sex you're not you're not changing the world you know what you're going to do as a comic you don't think about changing the world just think about being the best version of yourself and be fully self-expressed and say what you want to say but if you think about changing the world you know it's like people who make these like what's his face zach snyder just put out the cut of justice league oh the josh whedon cut it didn't get my vision here's my four-hour vision well your four-hour vision is self-indulgent and it fucking blows bro so you're just pretentious now you know what i mean like just don't worry about how good you're going to be or don't worry about being one of the best or change game. Just be like the best version of you and be fully self-expressed because a lot of people, everyone comes out there thinking they're changing the fucking world, man. I just think that's you change people who change the world do it because they're being them. They're not doing it because they're trying to change the world. You know, you'll, you'll, you'll find out what that is to you. You know, your, your voice is going to keep growing. You'll see, just be, just be, be authentic. Don't steal jokes. Have integrity with your fucking jokes, and the rest will, will take care of itself. You know. Man, I'm ready to run through a fucking wall right now. That was <laughs> great. That was great. Uh, man, I appreciate you for doing this, man. Uh, anything you want to say? Anything you want to plug in before we wrap this up? Shit, let me look and see where I'm going to be in fucking like, Houston. Like you say, you're being in Houston next month. Uh, I mean, it's not that long. It's like a couple of weeks, right? Uh, fuck. I'm literally, I smoke way too much weed, so I forgot all, I forgot, oh, Jarrett, oh, yeah, here, here it is. Do you know who um, Jarrett Stockman is? JT Stockman? Nah. Okay, so, um, yeah, it's uh, 7.30, March 21st, right? At, um, That's today. No, it's not. It's March 21st. It's not March March. Wait, what? Holy shit. No, no, Nobody. no. It's a, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry. I fucked that up. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's the wrong one. Uh, it's the same show. You're fucking, you're fucking, you got me. Same show, but here, let's see. It is. I don't know what the, oh, let me just look. Why didn't I follow this guy back in my dick? Here it is. Ready? 
It's at Biggs Sports Bar in Houston, Texas, April 4th at 7.30. Biggs Sports Bar, Houston, Texas at 7.30. Yeah. All right. Let's save the date. Yeah. So go. Go. Bring a crew, man. That's what's up. Bring a fucking crew. All right. We'll save the date. I'm trying to comp you and whatever, you know. We don't have a door to your fucking closet. I know how it is. Got it. I know. Yep. In the struggle. I'm in the struggle, bro. I'm in the struggle right now. <laughs> All right, man. Cool, bro.